electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Coming off record highs for the Nasdaq, and the S&P may join that party at the open with futures pretty solid here. Big day for data, and the White House meets with senators on infrastructure at 11.45 Eastern. Our roadmap begins with, well, digging through the data and the market in a moment. Our roadmap begins with banks applying the pressure. Another Wall Street firm may be requiring vaccinations. We'll tell you who it is. And we've got the latest in media consolidation rumors. This one involving our parent company, Comcast, which is calling it pure speculation. Plus, outgoing Southwest CEO Gary Kelly on his decision to step aside his successor and the future of the airline. So, uh, it looks like we do have a, uh, a new high for the S&P in the cards. Jim, as a lot of non-profitable tech has made it a pretty good June. I am surprised that the estimates were, have been beaten across the board. Uh, there's just over and over, look at this Accenture, just a boost forecast. There, over and over and over again, uh, there have been very few. Darden is a great example. I mean, Darden, when put against 2019, because I regard 2020 as the gap year, put against 2019, it's barely up. In, in some cases, it's down. It's up against Roadhouse, uh, but it's down against Olive Garden. But they had huge amount of social distancing tables having been there during this period. So the fact that they're able to do what 2019 did with social distancing, I mean, I I, I found that to be extraordinary. And Darden is America, okay? Darden is America. Walmart, there's a piece this morning just saying, listen, the sum of the parts you got to buy Walmart. It's not obviously David not going to break up, right? But Walmart? Walmart. No. Right, but I'm saying that. Numbers better. What are they doing as some of the parts there? What are they actually doing? They're looking for something to say. They're looking for something to say. Okay, so listen, David, listen to this because I know you're a naysayer. So Olive Garden, let's go back there because people go to Olive Garden. We're going back to Darden now. People go. Yes. Okay. Olive Garden's down 1.5% comparable to 2019. But this is really important. Longhorn is up 13.5. So I went to Longhorn, to my best Longhorn, and there were about four tables where there would have been 10 tables. Okay? Four versus ten, and they managed to beat 2019. I mean, and I know because I talked to them. And I said, "Listen, I'm gonna have a couple of bloody marriages. So they're gonna be the biggest ticket of the day." Hmm. Are they and they still be outdoor or something. What's no, going on? It just it's, they're killing it. They raise prices. Okay. So anyway, uh, I didn't mean to conflate to Walmart. I just felt that Walmart is an example. Someone comes up with some of the part story yep. about the largest retailer. Two hundred million people go there. Darden beats the numbers. I mean, I just keep finding story after story. That's Lear, very good. Magna. The only thing that people are saying is disappointing is KB Homes, and I would contest that. I would contest that. I think KB Homes was a very good number. All of which means what for the stock market? Higher. 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 Okay. Higher. And that's the show. 
There we go. Have a great one. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the KB numbers are, are incredible. Backlog up 126. Uh, prices up 13, although we got the data yesterday that average prices are up 18. Yeah, but, right, but they have a different market. But look, their best number since 2007, second quarter. Look, if you ask me what the problem with KB Homes is, they're, they're constrained. They have a supply shortage. Uh, but people like uh, Toll Brothers, Lennar were both spectacular. So people may say, you know, KB Homes is not as good. But the analysts have, just like KB Homes, the whole way up. I continue to think that the housing business is fantastic in this country. Affordability is very good because rates are very low. Uh, David, housing is 10% of the economy, but it punches above its weight. Yes. And it continues to make me feel like that retail is going to be strong. So now you're talking about retail good, tech good, pharma very good. You saw the Eli Lilly news. Uh, did, actually. Yeah. yeah, that was surprising, given the fact there was such blowback about Biogen. Well, and there continues to be blowback about the approval from the FDA of Biogen's Alzheimer's drug. Right, but they got... Uh, you know, there was reports yesterday about status, uh, people, uh, people focused on statistics at the FDA saying it doesn't statistically merit approval. No. Yet it, it happened, but Eli Lilly then comes in here after phase two, and something looks very good there. Well, we should take a David, look. David, Biogen uh, and down, and perhaps in part because of sure. it's going to David Ricks came on Mad Money and said this was going to happen, and then the analysts just said absolutely not. And I started thinking, well, if the analysts are all saying no, could they have to Biogen and the problem? And the answer is it's no go. That was wrong. The FDA is gives you anything if you have Alzheimer's. Remember, you have to take this thing, like, we should, you should start it right when you're too, too old already. The plaque is, you can get your plaque reversed. Right, right. But uh, a couple of things that I think are really important, Prime Day, people are saying it's fine. They're not raving about it, but they say it's fine. Again, you have this problem you're comparing against a period where you were locked down. Yeah. And the only thing you could do was buy on Amazon. So I think Amazon was good. And I'll give you the only negative. I, I saw a Dollar Tree note. Yep. which basically said that the uh, jobs cost too much, the greatest wage increases since 1995. And more importantly, David, this is what's going on in the economy, the quit rate, 20-year high. People are trying to reevaluate their lives, what they do. We have heard a lot about that uh, recently. What do you think of The great resignation. I'm not sure what to think about it. I well, really don't. I don't have an opinion on it. I'm, okay, so people at home are watching. I'm trying to work Trying to figure through. out what your opinion is. I don't is, have enough information. You, Sometimes some of us don't withhold an opinion until we really feel comfortable sharing one <laughs> based, so on, old school. based on inputs. You can't just make up something to appease me? I mean, occasionally I will, but not today. And you probably think that Chinese, the, the Chinese would love to have our Bitcoin. Sure, why wouldn't they? <sighs> okay, he's, I mean, he's, he's China-focused. Uh, yes. yeah, well, let me, let me, he's a bull in a China shop. That's what he is. Actually, that's literally what you are. You're a bull. Yes, I am. Uh, in, in a China shop. In a shop. China shop. Yeah. yeah. They just probably hit the button right now. I mentioned China, and I was referring to dishware. And it I doesn't still matter. Yes. He's referring to the fact that we get, we get blacked yes. out in, in, uh, in China oftentimes. But it's nice that they take the broadcast at all. So we appreciate <laughs> That's that. true. That's true. Yeah. They have beautiful China in Florence. 
Now we're moving to Florence. Okay. Well, I say that. I want to see if they blocked it out. We need yeah, you to soon. We need you to soon right now. To Walmart. That yeah. was a transition. Well, that I'm I trying entirely. to get a lot in before I, you decide that, that, that there's nothing to value of the show. Because when I go to you and I look at you, you say, well, I don't know. You got a phone call. I'm not taking that call. Okay. Just wanted to let you know. I guess, Jim, the question then, you know, you put up a chart of some of these uh, epicenter names like Darden. Right? Yes. Which are in, a, I guess, a medium term downtrend. Absolutely. And, and if Mike Wilson were here, for example, he would argue when you're at peak growth and you start to see deceleration in growth, cyclicals don't do well. May 12th. May 12th. Yes. The day that the consumer price index was red hot. If we put up any chart of the Kathy Wood Woodstocks. Any one of them, Zoom. You could put up uh, DocuSign. I'm not sure what I don't about Tesla. Play. Tesla. They all bottomed May 12th, May 13th. I wish we could just put up every single chart of every high growth. That was when the CPI went up and the uh, sea change started and the rotation began where the cycles started going down and all of these other stocks started going yeah, you up. You can see it right there. Yes. Right. And, you know, you can go back and look at I mean, what's incredible is it's every one of those stocks came back. They roared back and they roared back because people realized, you know what, it's over. It's over for the cyclicals. And it was, uh, you know, you can hit up every one of them. I mean, I, I found it pretty daunting to realize that every single stock in the rotation was the same, same exact chart. I mean, I'll give you some that are the same exact charts. Um, it was the Mangold's fires, what I compared it to. Uh, the, you've got... We're looking at Zoom right now. Right. And when you look at ARC, you're, you're right. I mean, ARC is basically flat on the... They're all now. the same. ARC, yeah. They're all the same. Every single one, CrowdStrike, uh, every one of the cybersecurity well, stocks. And you can say the same thing about a lot of travel names on, say, June 2nd. Right. That's, yes, that's another. Uh, absolutely. These things have all happened right in front of people's eyes. And we forgot that what you had to look at was not opening economy, closing economy. It was colonial. People thought the, the CrowdStrike bottom a colonial pipe. No, it was just a the price to sales stocks. Snowflake. Uh, any stock this price to sales bottomed May 12th. When the consumer price index was red hot and people realized that Powell was going to have to slam on the brakes, whether Powell said it or not. And that, and look at this. These are all the same chart. Right. They are all priced to sales, and they bought them. And I don't need to ask you what you think of it, because I just told you what to think of. Yes, you did. So the market didn't need to hear a Fed presser. What's they, ama- they got it. Right. And what's amazing is people at home think a bell goes off. They think, well, you know what? We're going to hear Jay Powell. And he's gonna, no. The CPI was the absolute bell that went off. And people said, you know what? This is not sustainable. We are going to see a decline in the cyclicals and an increase in the Kathy Wood stocks, the price of sales, and it's across the board. Every stock bottom, every and one of those stocks between May 12th and May 13th. An end, or is that a new, are we in a You new have to see inflation come down. Rotation again. You have to see inflation come down. Uh, remember, the key part of inflation, one-third of that inflation was used cars. Now, used cars have plateaued. There's a downturn, there's a downgrade of Carvana. And what I'm saying is that if you want to see when you'll get a sea change, I mean, right now, everybody's finally saying, you know what? The high growth stocks are where to be. Well, the high growth stocks have been here since May 12th. And those stocks are some of those stocks are up 50, 50 percent. I'm saying you're late in the high growth stage. If we see a peak in used cars, which was the biggest growth, but there's still a lot of people who feel steel's going up. I mean, there's no take General Mills talking about all the costs going up. We don't have we uh, freight costs 
are the remaining costs. Yep. And we can't get those down right now. That's part of the Piper note on Dollar Tree. It's very important. Freight costs are unlikely to be passed along. Although Kraft North America was on closing bell yesterday and said they're managing to deal with it. Uh, inflation, that is. I yeah. find that uh, when General Mills note says, look, at the, across the board inflation, I am concerned. But I think that if we see used cars break, we saw lumber break, and next week we get the acreage, June 30th. If June 30th acreage shows that more corn's been planted, inflation, peaked. Okay. 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 How about... You disagree or you? Uh, no, I don't disagree. You, you, you know, we're still giving figuring people, out, giving people answers. Yes. You know what? We have to move on. We packed what a lot into that. I don't understand why you're frustrated already. I'm, I'm frustrated 11 because 11 minutes into the show, I'm, I'm you're already frustrated because I'm offering you an opportunity to, to disagree. Yes, to apply. Right. But you still give me that stuff. <laughs> he is. I promise. You're Oliver. No, you're Stan Laurel. No, you're Oliver. Oh, is he Laurel yes. or Hardy? Which yeah, one? but on a podcast, there's nothing. Yeah. It's just Oliver. <laughs> Still to come, what our parent, Comcast, is calling pure speculation after that journal article yesterday. And we'll talk to Southwest Gary Kelly, who is stepping down as CEO after serving in that role since 2004. We'll get his take on the future and the airline as we look for uh, new highs on the S&P and the NASDAQ this morning. Don't go away. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Welcome back. Shares of our parent company, Comcast, actually down rather sharply yesterday on a journal story. The story itself, a long one, a detailed piece about Comcast's aims in terms of streaming in particular uh, and still the strategic direction of the company. Um, uh, Obviously, after certain things uh, are changing in the overall ecosystem, mainly that uh, Warner Discovery deal. But uh, it was one line in the story that caught some investors' attention where, They cite one person who said that uh, Brian Roberts is scoping out options and ideas on the table include tie-ups with Viacom CBS or an acquisition of Roku. Uh, That had the effect of sending Comcast shares down and Viacom shares up. Um, All these are are merely thoughts at this point, um, which, of course, Comcast is always thinking. Uh, This is something Brian Roberts is 
uh, done and done very well for many years, that is, identify potential targets. But saying in any way that there's something imminent would be a big mistake. Uh, and, of course, Comcast itself calling it pure speculation. Uh, for any number of reasons on the Viacom front, guys, it's just hard to imagine a potential deal at this point. First of all, shareholders do not want the company to get larger in content, certainly not in cable networks. Now, there might be a lot of savings you could, uh, you could actually um, circle if you were to put those two companies together, but you'd have an antitrust issue. You certainly can't put two networks together. Frankly, the only real asset that Comcast might certainly want would be the Paramount Studio, but even Paramount and Universal together might pose, in this current environment at least, a an antitrust issue. The question always becomes, well, if they were to ever do anything, would they actually spin off our parent company, NBC Universal? And I, I do believe that is something that has certainly been thought of, and it would have been in the context of a Warner Media deal. Would that have ever come to fruition? Of course, it did come to fruition a lot sooner than Brian Roberts expected it would, frankly, uh, with Discovery. And so uh, these are simply things that are thought about as Comcast thinks about so many different things. It doesn't mean anything is going to happen. And Jim, the Roku side of this was actually part more interesting, a very different yeah. pursuit there. But again, a company with that kind of multiple that's moved up to that level, hard to imagine how shareholders would respond were Comcast actually serious about pursuing something you like know, that. I read this story, like everyone read this story, and the story reads like they have to. Now, again, right. parent companies, they have to. Now, who, what journalist knows that they have to? Yeah, none. They don't. And then what, Rich Greenfield this morning said, they have to. You know, there's what no. What do they have to do? The stock is at, is screaming. It's been a monster good stock. This is not ATT. By the way, Discover cut numbers today. Yeah. It, it, it's not a. You know, the balance. Remember when they did the deal at 38? The stock goes to 33, and they said the the, the uh, wag said the balance sheet was bad. I mean, was, they, well, how can they just say whatever they want? Yeah, it's uh, it's a good question, uh, and I, I, I it's it's not. Having followed this industry for as long as I have, and M&A as long as I have, there's no need necessarily. Oftentimes people will get carried away with that idea that somehow you were being strategically uh, put in a box. But, but then you're saying, David, that's that case. this is another one of those cases that you've taught me, that people can write these stories and there's no well, journalism listen, jail? Said, no, I'm not. They're just, they cited one person. I'm not saying that that isn't something that's discussed. Like a million things are discussed. Well, I think uh, two, two on-the-record quotes were interesting. One was Diller saying... Distribution and content should yes, be married. Yes, he still believes they should be And then be Ted Harbour, who formerly ran entertainment sure. for us, uh, saying that our tolerance for the spending that's now common in streaming is not natural to and our that, boss. That is the hard part. And you know, you've got to spend one way or the other, so you're better off actually spending through an acquisition in some way that gets you the bulk that you might want in terms of direct-to-consumer, or you're better off buying. Right now it would seem the spending. But to your point, the spending that some of the other platforms do versus what Peacock is currently doing is... is Dramatically different. Can we just say that the stock has been great? And isn't that what a lot of stock's been strong? So been what, okay. So yeah, on the back of the broadband business. Why do they business? have to do something? ATT had to do something. Well, ATT had a leverage problem. Right. They had a two-front war. Comcast was supposed and to have a leverage problem, and it didn't. No, Remember that? That's right. But ATT they put had a wireless really business <laughs> and a media business, and they couldn't fund both of them at the same time. They were like, Rich uh, Greenfield said they were a two-front war. It was like Hitler and Russia and where else? And, you know, yeah. So. Never analogized yeah. to them. Okay. Sorry. Ever. Why? You're not supposed to. Really? You don't want to get canceled. It's World War II. It's World War II. <laughs> it's like, like Rommel yes. in North Africa. Okay. It's, it's history. Rommel was not a great general. 
can just All say right. that for the record. And he was a Nazi, a real hardcore Nazi. People think he wasn't. That was wrong. I, they think he's Sergeant Schultz. I didn't. I, I fully acknowledge they were Nazis. They were very horrible people. I was just talking about two front wars. The booth is sure. trying to get us off I the air. To be sure. I know we got to go out there. Boy, do you need to be off the air with this, <laughs> this, this declaration that the Nazis are bad. Kramer's Mad Dash and the opening bell coming up on this Thursday. Don't go away. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. get to a mad dash this morning, of course. Uh, what do we got? About uh, seven minutes or so before we get started trading here on a Thursday. I always like to set the date yes. for everybody. I like when you do that. I appreciate that. Yes. Uh, Clorox is the name you want to focus okay, on. Okay, now this is, there's a piece of research by UBS. It's got a bit of a keen eye for the obvious on Clorox. Greater demand for products at home and in cleaning during COVID has masked challenging underlying issues. That is true. And here we're speaking about salad dressing just okay. We're speaking about... Uh, Trash bags, uh, kitty litter. But most importantly, David, there is just kind of a overall higher cost, okay, because of the different products they make, and price wars. And they have these supplements that are not really working out. And they have to figure out how to, how to take a hit on the supplements. Uh, but this is uh, Ms. Rendell, and I think that what's happened is, is that you're buying, to sell it now, after this, I mean, it's a little late. It's a little late. Okay. Yeah, but, but there are real structural issues. Well, what are, what are they, they? I like mean, are they here. also just suffering from year-over-year comparisons, yes. given this is yes. the and point where everybody was still Cloroxing their, their yes. groceries? and people just can't, like, the street can't get their arms around a company that's going to report a horrible year-over-year. So I question whether it's the time to sell this great franchise. If they get the supplements right, if we have a great summer where Kingsford does right, if salad, their salad dressings, they make some acquisitions, they've got a good balance sheet. If they take some of that money that they made on the, the pandemic, then I think that selling the stock now after this decline may not be, may not be well advised. You often use this as a uh, comparison to Apple, I remember, well, multiple-wise. When it's a 27 times earnings, right. Apple's a 21 times earnings. Now, that's no longer the case, or is no, the multiple, multiple still up shrink, there? I don't, it is. Shrink. Okay. But I do say, I do like the Colgate-Palmolive Col- accelerating organic growth. That's good. But, David, they like the pot stocks. Right. They like Sky, you know. I also like Newell. We should talk one day about Newell. Okay. Turn it Newell is amazing. We'll do that. We'll talk really? a little bit. Sure, why not? You'll do that Whatever you want. Whatever you want. Coming up, though, Southwest chairman and outgoing CEO Gary Kell is going to join us. That'll be shortly after an opening bell, which is coming up next. J.P. Morgan Chase says it may require employees to be vaccinated against COVID. In a memo to staff, Jamie Dimon and other company executives telling workers to fill out a questionnaire on their vaccination status by the end of the month so JPM can, quote, properly prepare for and manage returning to the office. This comes after Morgan Stanley warned employees they'll be barred from its offices in the New York area if they aren't vaccinated. On top of Goldman saying that remote work is an aberration, Jim. Uh, the banks have been aggressive on this. Okay, so why are the banks able to do this 
when other CEOs I talk to say they don't have a right to do this? Like, why do the banks? Have it's not a function of le- it, it's not a legal matter. They do. Uh, it 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 is more difficult though for certain corporations to simply exp- you know you by doing it uh, you create a lot of other problems is what CEOs are telling me. By because, mandating. Yes, and or certain employees simply don't want to be vaccinated right now. And so, well, what are you... So, what so then you're going to have me? certain people who never come in and others who don't. And then, but if you do, I mean, it, it's complicated both ways. And it's creating a lot of issues at well, the top levels you, of companies. Once you get fired if you don't get vaccinated, if you work at one of these places? Well, no, I don't think that is where I'm not sure that they can actually fire but, you. But is there a Supreme Court decision that says, where is the law? But many corporations are not mandating people coming in five days a week. I find it very confusing that these companies say, here's the deal. I want this. I want it checked off. And the other guys say, you know, one thing you're not allowed to do is here's the deal. I want it. You're not allowed. These companies are telling me that what J.P. Morgan's doing is not allowed. Not true. I don't know. I remember... Disney used, to, Disney used to say you can't have an earring larger than a penny. You know, I mean, you work for them and they sort of set rules. And That's right. If you don't uh, like it, you can work somewhere else. Nobody has said it's a legal issue. It's more up to the company itself in terms of the problems it will create. But I've not heard it's a legal issue. I don't believe it is. Well, all I, all I can tell you is that what I hear uh, from, from, a, from top level executives is if they do this, there'll be such pushback from customers that they're afraid to lose a lot of business from customers. What's unfortunate is that so many people are not getting vaccinated. That's what's unfortunate. Sometimes for health reasons. Uh, yeah. Understood. But many times not, just because of hesitancy and concern about the vaccine sure. itself. Uh, opening bell, by the way, at the big board, celebrating an IPO at Stocksimity at the NASDAQ. Also an IPO, Confluent, maker of uh, data infrastructure software. And we'll talk to the CEO later this morning on Tech Check. Speaking of the vaccine, uh, Jim, uh, the FDA will put language about heart inflammation on the Pfizer right. and Moderna. We do have Argus cutting Moderna 230 to 200. Yeah, uh, I still come back on Moderna and say, are you really looking static at what they're doing now? Moderna had, had an unbelievable pipeline before COVID. And people, uh, there's a lot of people who just feel like they were nothing until COVID. When you speak with Moderna or, of course, when you listen to Meg, a lot of what they do will work. For other diseases, I think getting out of Moderna now is a mistake. You do? Yes, I do. These are creative, smart guys. And I think that people really just think that Stephen, that he's like a one-trick pony. Give me a break. Go look at what he was saying before COVID. I am also talking about holy grail against cancer. Now, cancer obviously is a big rubric for many diseases. But you're getting out of this stock now. You're getting out of it without thinking that they may have something else. And, or maybe you're saying, listen, the market's at an all-time high. Get me something that moves faster. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Guys, that's an all-time high, as you can see, on the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ. We were talking with Cashin yesterday, Jim, about why we were sort of hovering right below record levels for so long. He said he wanted to see the bulls punch through. Is this punching through? I think it is, but, I, I, geez, the transports have been lagging. I'd really like to see the rails move. Uh, I had a piece last night about CSX's chart being really bad. I, but the rails are key. 
You've said because that. I need transportation to Ohio. And Gary Kelly, I'd like to hear what Gary Kelly has to say. But, I mean, we're watching the NASDAQ, to, to Carl's point, creep up on the yearly performance of the S&P. I mean, there are only two right. percentage points difference now in terms of the performance for quite some time, right. the Nasdaq had been lagging, but right. as you pointed out, mid-May things started to change. Right, and uh, Microsoft is a great leader. Uh, I was seeing everybody more about owns Amazon. Microsoft. It's like that's all. You know, I don't know how many more people there are left to buy it because everybody right. seems to own it. Well, there's one stock that has just been the leader here, and it's almost frightening what it does every day. And that stock is Nvidia. Look at that move. People keep talking about a $900 price target. It has been, I wish we could see the chart of NVIDIA. I didn't mean to surprise our people, but this thing is almost a, uh, I, it is, it, 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 frankly, it may be, uh, it goes from being an, an also, an, not that big, well, look at that semiconductor company, to wow. I mean, to wow, right? I want to just clarify, by the way, on the JP Morgan. Uh, they're requiring employees to certify one of the following, that they've been vaccinated, they have not been vaccinated, or they choose not to tell us. They are not required to get vaccination. They are not required. They just have to agree to regularly check and to wear a mask and socially distance. So that, I'm going to clarify the news story about J.P. Morgan, David. Okay. All right. They're not required. So anyone who says they're required, that story's wrong. The story's just, it's kind of like the Comcast story, which says that, Tomorrow, Comcast going to buy Viacom because they have to. Somebody's going to cut that clip just now and <laughs> well, start putting it on the internet. But it's important. They have not been. You, you know, they have to certify. They are not required to get vaccinated. See again, I still, I, I come back to. Yeah, I think you can. I think you can. Uh, Morgan Stanley is, aren't they? They are. Uh, I think you can, but I think James the larger Gorman. question is one that we keep bringing up, but it's hard, which is so many of these CEOs are grappling with back to work overall. Right. How many do I go with a hybrid model? Do I not? Yeah. Do I feel like I lose something by not having people in the office every day? Can I do two, three, three, two? Um, well, David, I'll give you a it's little different approaches at many different companies. Well, and part of it depends as well on the CEO and whether they want to. Okay. Enjoy the summer at their nice home right. somewhere, too, which I've noticed a number of times. I like to give David quizzes because of his status, potential, maybe Jeopardy takeover. Yes. What is the second hottest market in this country for housing? Second. Second. Second hottest market yes. in and this, this country. Yes, and this is vindicated. Ver- number ver- one being again. what? Austin? Number one is Austin. Yeah. Number two is Boise, and that is Californians going to Boise because they do not feel they have to go to work. And Boise is the second hottest. Toll Brothers? I did not KB. know that. Have you seen Frank Slootman come on our did air from wherever his yes, mountain home? Yes, he did. Slootman is, uh, Snowflake is going to eviscerate so many companies. It's, and yet people just kind of just think, ah, you know, that was... That it thing is fascinating was when we do these interviews to see how many CEOs are not in the office. Still. I know. Or choosing not to be in the office. And so obviously you cannot ask your employees to be if you're not ready to right. be at that point. But there are different approaches to this. But I continue to come back to the idea of over a three to five year time period, would I rather invest in a company that has people coming in every day 
or not? So you think there's like a I don't know the answer. I think there will be over time. Certainly in innovation, in problem solving, in just simply momentum, you can make arguments. That said, you also may be in a position to hire better people because you need to give them flexibility and that's what they want. And different industries, although we talk financial services, has certain needs. They feel they're very important about culture. Other industries don't feel quite as the same. Well, I think at the investment banking level or, or in one of these big, big firms, there is mentoring. Like I remember when I was a young kid, I went down to buy a piece of junk paper for, a, for a, a customer. And David Tepper would ran the junk desk, and he proceeded to mortify me in front of everyone. That's, and that's what I learned. I learned from David Tepper that I was a, I can't repeat any of the things that Tepper said. No, of course at not. Goldman, that's called onboarding. Right. right. Yeah, they yeah, onboarded, Tepper onboarded me okay, yeah. you know? Yeah. But I, that's how I learned. And I don't know how you can learn via Zoom. That's a question. Yeah. In New Yorker conference call, maybe? There's plenty of zooming going on. It will continue. It's part of life. Guys, I wanted to come back to the to the Lilly. We mentioned it briefly at the top of the show yes. when you were whizzing through so many different stocks. But I Jim, wasn't whizzing. You were moving through them Thank at you. a rapid pace. Thank you. I mean, that's, that's a, first you mentioned a leader oh, you're not supposed please. to mention. Right. Now you're scatological about what I'm I did. not being this scatological. Is, uh, that's another okay. term for moving very quickly. It was Break. like a lightning round on the A block. Yes. 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 As the yes. cars whiz by yes. on the highway. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. Lily. Breakthrough Let's designation. Let's come back to it because the stock is up sharply, as you know. Exactly. Granted, breakthrough therapy designation for their drug. Uh, it's an investigational antibody for Alzheimer's. There's a stock up 9%. It does aim to expedite the development and review of drugs that are intended to treat a serious condition when preliminary clinical evidence indicates the drug may demonstrate substantial improvement on a clinically significant endpoint. Uh, and that's where they stand. The company's phase two trial. Uh, now they're moving into phase three, isn't that right? But it does I, reverse plaque. It, it reverses plaque. Isn't that apparently, though, what the Biogen drug they're, they're may very, or may very not competitive. do? Even though it's not clear that that actually Absolutely. really impacts the progression it's, of the disease? It's not clear. It's not clear. However, I would say this. If you take this when you're 30, you're going to possibly get a few more years. And that's important. All right, well, we've got one of our favorite guests come on. I hope it's not the last time we see him because that would be a nightmare. I'm talking about Southwest CEO Gary Kelly. He's stepping down from his role next year after more than 17 years of brilliant stewardship at the helm. He's going to become executive chairman, which means he's still going to be around at least until 2026. Here with us now to discuss the announcement, Southwest chairman and outgoing CEO Gary Kelly. Gary, I am so thrilled that you came on Squawk on the Street. It's great to see you. Well, it's great to be back with you, Jim, and uh, this will not be the last time that we talk, so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to finishing strong this year. All right, great. Look, I'm going to approach this from, uh, hey, from 30,000 feet, where you're from. Uh, you are a great inspiration to many people, and you've had to deal with some incredibly difficult situations, and I think you've always addressed them head on and come out on top. What does Gary Kelly do, and how do you do it? How do you come on after a terrible accident? How do you come on uh, after a huge breakdown because of, of COVID and still be straight and tough? I want to know how Gary Kelly, how you work, because I think that you are the guy I want to be. <laughs> well, you're, you're much too kind. Uh, hey, you know, we, we just celebrated 50 years at Southwest Airlines last week, and I think everybody, uh, when they are young and uh, aspiring should hope to get 
with a, a championship team. And I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I, you know, I never had the opportunity uh, to play uh, on a championship team until I got to Southwest Airlines. And I think that that's what inspires me, and uh, that's what inspires our people. It's a great company. We have a great cause. Um, we do good things. We've never had a layoff in our history, so we've taken great care of our people. And we just believe that we'll find a way to fight our way through these challenges. And we have a lot of experience with that, and I think it just builds confidence. But um, I think I feel that way, but I think more importantly, that's the way our people feel. And uh, we, we all know that we're in it together, you know. So I think as long as you feel like you're part of a team and uh, you can tr people that you trust and believe in and that believe in you, you find a way, and uh, Southwest always has. Okay, given the fact that you have found a way and you're a great leader, is this Southwest time? I see you expanding to a lot of markets that I had not th thought of you to go to. Can't you become the international carrier, if not the national carrier, uh, that I always felt that Southwest would become? Well, I think every company needs to aspire to grow. Um, no, no company should, should be satisfied that they're done. Uh, and become stagnant. You're either growing or you're declining. There's really no in-between. So yes, we need to continue to strive to grow. And that's the exciting part about completing 50 years. We know our history. It's very successful. It's very rich. We have this very strong foundation to continue to build upon. And uh, the, nobody knows what the future holds exactly. So we've got plenty of strengths to draw upon. And uh, we'll want to continue to grow our network. Does that mean international? Maybe. I think the neat thing right now, Jim, is that with the Boeing 737, just looking at North and South America, we have all kinds of growth opportunities. Uh, we, we don't feel like we have enough airplanes uh, for 2022 and 2023. And that's just doing what you know us uh, to be famous for. So um, beyond the next five to ten years, who knows? And that'll be up to Bob uh, and his leadership team to to decide. But um, the thing that I like is that you know the strengths that we had in 1971 are still there. We still have low cost competitively. We still offer low fares. We still offer great service. We still have a strong balance sheet. Um, we we still have a great business model, better than anybody else. And all of those things will um, help propel us into the future. Well, Gary, two quick questions, though. Um, one, the decision to actually step down as CEO that you and the board made. Why now? And secondly, how do you view your role as executive chairman uh, when you take that role up and potentially have it for what could be the next four or five years? Well, succession planning is – I've been chairman since 2008. So succession planning since I've been chairman – has been something that we have done annually every single year. Uh, and my goal has always been to make sure that we have candidates in the company that know our, our business, know our culture, uh, and cherish it like I do, that we have ample candidates that are very well prepared to take, uh, to take the reins. Uh, and we do. Uh, we're at that point. Um, as you all know, Bob Jordan is 60 years old, so I don't, I don't want to stay in the role too long. It'll be 18 years next year for me. 
Uh, I don't want Bob to, it's not fair to him and the rest of our leadership team to wait too long. And then we just want to find the right time uh, in terms of uh, the environment where things are stable. Uh, we feel like we have good momentum uh, in the near term, in the medium term, and, and really that's where we are. So um, Bob is ready. Um, in terms of me moving to executive chair, I, I'm not going to be a super CEO. Uh, he's not going to report to me. He'll report to the board. It's important for all of us on the Southwest board to empower him uh, to be the leader going forward. I'll have some duties and I'll be involved with strategy, but it'll be a pretty light touch. Uh, I want to be here to support Bob and our leadership team and to make them successful and uh, you know, not, not perpetuate my career. Uh, I think I can do that. I think I can do that well. And I think um, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't put a time limit on it, but just to give people an idea, yeah, I would like to stay. And I realize that that's not the typical corporate America approach, but Southwest is not the typical company. <laughs> and um, we're, we're proud of what we do and we're proud of how we do it. And I'm not a founder, but I feel like a founder. Right. And uh, I want to I want to continue to do what I can to help the company going forward. And uh, as long as the board wants me and as long as the executive team feels like I can be helpful, I'd like to stay involved. Well, we still remember Herb Kelleher coming on this set. Uh, so anybody who doesn't know about Southwest's uh, disrupting origins uh, hasn't done enough research, Gary. I do want to ask you about corporate travel. Uh, you were with us back in April. And you said it could be a long recovery, could be two years, could be five years, could be 10 years, you said, for all I know, because of all the technology that hurts business travel. To hear you say now you don't have enough planes, I wonder, are you, are you revisiting that view? Not really. Um, you know, what's, what's, first of all, what's happened since March is, uh, is very welcome. Uh, and I'm very grateful to see the return of travel demand. It's heavily oriented towards the consumer and leisure travel as, as we've talked about before. That is unchanged since April. Um, I do think that, again, let's just say that the travel pie has shrunk. Well, that doesn't mean that we can't get a bigger share of that pie. And I think that we've got a lot of inherent strengths here in this environment uh, that, will, that will allow us to win a share, a greater share of leisure travel uh, and even with business travel, it's, as it's returning, uh, with our uh, new involvement with the global distribution systems uh, for managed corporate travel, uh, we have a huge opportunity to grow that segment of our, uh, of our business travel. So business travel is picking up. Uh, it's still uh, down 75% uh, plus or minus relative to pre-pandemic levels. I think it will improve uh, from here uh, between now and, and the end of the year, uh, but it's still going to be well below 2019. So it's still a guess, you know, how long it will take to recover. And if it recovers faster, um, then we'll just need more airplanes. So that's a good thing. Kerry, I just want to go back on this. Uh, there are times when I, I thought it was a little tense with you and Boeing. I question Boeing's execution right now. It seems to be sloppier than I've seen Boeing, and I love the company. Do you agree with me that they better get their execution straight in order to be able to stay your prominent carrier? Well, yes and no. I mean, as a practical matter, Jim, um, we're, we're, 
We are partnered with Boeing for a long, long time, just given the fact that we have 700, we're headed to 750 airplanes in our fleet, uh, and, and those airplanes will be in our fleet for a generation. So uh, we need Boeing to execute. We need them to be a strong partner. Uh, the 737, uh, despite some of their uh, missteps uh, over, over the last several years, the, the Boeing 737 is still the most successful commercial airliner in history. So um, I believe in Boeing. I believe uh, that they will, they have every incentive to improve. Uh, I, I, and we, the 737 the, 8 the, uh, airplane is a fantastic airplane. So, uh, yes, I do think there's room for improvement, but uh, again, I have every reason to believe that that they'll deliver for us. I have every reason to believe that Gary Kelly not only delivered for us, but will continue to do so. It is a great pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Gary, the man who runs Southwest Air. Thanks, thanks for having me, and I'll see you next month. Great. <laughs> yes. Earnings. Uh, meantime, just crossing the tape, uh, BuzzFeed announcing a deal to go public through a SPAC merger. It'll be combining with blank check company 895th Avenue Partners. Uh, BuzzFeed has been growing through acquisitions, and the deal would provide more capital to continue to pursue that path. Uh, BuzzFeed CEO Jonah Peretti will join us during Tech Check at 11 a.m. Eastern time. The pipeline, guys, whether it's SPAC or not, Krispy Kreme, BuzzFeed, Sweet Green. Today, Musk talking about one day bringing Starlink to market. There's, a, there's, I mean, the IPO pipeline, as you say, SPACs are back, by the way, right. not not quite at the torrid pace that we saw earlier in the year, but healthy, if you want to call it healthy. If, if you have a losing... Uh, and IPOs, straight IPOs are also If you have a company that's losing a lot of money, uh, can you just do a SPAC and project the 2026? Yeah, if, you have, if you have great growth possibilities for 2024, 25, 26, sure. Well, I can, you and all three of us could just dream up a company right now, right now. Hey, you got I, any good ideas? Yeah. Okay. How about corn milk? Corn milk. Yeah. I had corn mezcal last night. It was awful. But, but, but corn milk. And there. And let's just bring it public. Okay. Yeah, let's just bring it public. I think we'll 25 is going to be a huge year. It's going to be our inflection year for corn milk. <laughs> We're going to suddenly have incredible adjusted EBITDA. I, I think it's in jeopardy. As we go to break, take a look at Treasuries this morning, how they're faring following last hour's release of all that data, including claims and durables. Yields are currently lower across the board. Uh, meantime, Dow's up almost 300, record high S&P, and a gain today for the NAS would be the first four-day win since early February. We're coming off the best day for consumer discretionary since uh, late April, I believe. And once again, uh, a lot of names in that space are, are, are the top gainers, MGM, Tesla, Darden. But Eli Lilly is the number one gainer, up almost 9% as healthcare, as the sector is up better than 1%. Dow's up 290. We're back in a moment. But I think more importantly, we've got the state of Starbucks. And Starbucks, I think, it defines what's going on in America today. I cannot wait to speak to Kevin Johns. Talk about a proxy for employment. You Jim, bet. And commuting. We'll see you tonight. Thank uh, you. Good hour. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu.